us. Oh, it's good to be with the saints. Yes, that's what we are, which is amazing, right? God calls you His saint, His holy one. He's made you and me holy by what He's done for us so that we can be in Him. Uh, Be in Him and then be together, which is uh, just bonus. So uh, we shared some questions, kind of your go-to question when you meet somebody new. Anything stand out in your, your group, your mixer group? Any odd questions? Food, what's your favorite food, right? Where can you find good tacos, right? Yes, this side of the border. Uh, you can't is the answer. Yeah, any other questions, people? Yes. What are you passionate about? Yeah. What, what lights you up? What do you get excited about? Yeah, totally. That's, that's, you can tell a lot uh, about a person that way, or at least enter into some interesting conversations. Yes. One more, anybody? What's your name? <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, right? Um, and we'll, get, we'll circle back to this, but part of learning to ask a good question is uh, entering into fellowship. It's a way to engage people. Uh, it's a way, uh, I feel like, some tectonic, and I love that. And one of the things they did is they asked good questions. They kind of drew me out. And it, I had this shift of uh, thinking about myself and what I'm going to say and what people think of me to start to look outward and be like, huh, well, I'm interested in you. What about you? What's going on in you? Uh, what's your passion? What's your favorite food? Uh, those sorts of things. We got a chance to do that up at family camp. And I'm not, uh, family camp is super fun. If you weren't there, I'm sorry, you're going to have to bear with it a little bit today. But it was super fun. It was just this great time of fellowship where we got to connect with each other, linger with each other, eat with each other, play with each other. And uh, I have some pictures. I'm going to try this little little thing here. Um, This, okay, so we had kids, bouncy houses. That was fun, right? They're smiling. Um... And then, okay, Mark, next slide. <laughs> the dudes were there, dudes of all ages, yes. I like Colby over there. Uh, and little guys having fun, making friends. And then the next one. And then friendly faces, yes, friendly welcomes. Great family. Got to, it was cool being in a small group with Bio and Fran, uh, Florence uh, this weekend. It's just get to get a little more about them. And we had fire, uh, and that was good. And we had food, which was super fun, just eating together, hanging out together. So, um, oh, and we had shenanigans. So we had, (laughs) on the left, we had this uh, trust thing that was trying to, yeah, listen to each other's voice, and then team games. I think that might be the winning team. Uh, Yeah, all right. (laughs) So humble, so humble. Such a good example for us. So there was a little confusion. We do call it family camp, uh, but that can be a little bit confusing because you're like, well, is this for families? No, it's for the family. It's for us. We are, it's this, it's this mind shift that we have to make where we are actually God's family. We are part of a new family. When God calls you uh, to himself, when he calls you into fellowship with himself, he calls you into a mega whopper family. Um, and here we are. I mean, this is, this is a little piece of the mega family around the world. And uh, it's fun. It's like, 
this actually is how God drew me in. I, I just interacted with some people who talked about Jesus and were Christians, um, but mostly I just liked them. I loved how they related to each other. They were fun. They were engaging. They played well together. And I tell you, that's one of my favorite things to do is play with others. And I don't know if you've noticed this. If you have kids in sports, sports these days are a little bit intense. Like, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't know, uh, manic. Like, let's just have fun, too. Let's not, uh, that's what I remember when I was coaching some of Matthew's teams is, Wayne, just remember to have fun. Because you can get caught up in this competitiveness and miss the fun. So one of my highlights in family camp for me personally was just playing together. Like, just... You know, people are good sports, mostly, you know, and, you know, that sort of thing. All right, so God is bringing us into a family, and just, this is Jesus' perspective. Okay, listen to Jesus, how he sees you and me, uh, our relationships together. He's got an interesting perspective on this. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, 46. Jesus is uh, teaching the crowds, big crowd there, and Jesus is, uh, you know, saying some really challenging, amazing, and life-giving things. And at this moment, um, his mother and brother uh, were, were outside this crowded place where Jesus was preaching and teaching. And they wanted to speak to him. This is Matthew 12, 46. Someone told him, hey, your mother and brothers are standing outside. So this is his earthly mom, Mary, and his brothers, James, Jude, these half-brothers, right? Standing outside, wanting to speak to you. Jesus replied to him, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, those who had come into relationship with him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. My mother. Now, imagine if you're a mom. That that's, would be hard to take, right? <laughs> so Jesus is really, and especially in first century cultures, is very family-oriented, this was radical. What, wow, what are you saying, Jesus? He's saying that this, this earthly family relationship that is so critical, so important, is found in this fellowship that Jesus is creating. God is inviting you and me and everyone into. Uh, so means we love and, and we bless and we honor our, our earthly families, but we're part of something else, new. And in this family... If you're part of uh, God, if you're connected to him, then God is your father. And Jesus is your brother. You see, God is calling us into this close, connected relationships. And like any loving parent, he wants his kids to enjoy each other, to love each other, to value each other, to see each other to be a blessing to one another. And we have three kids, Becky and I, and it's so rewarding when even now we just see a, a nice text go back and forth in the, in the text chain. Hey, good job, nice, you know, applauding each other, encouraging each other. They tease each other, they give them hard, you know. Usually it's pretty light and fun. Once in a while it's mean. And then, you know, when, when they don't treat each other well, it's really, it, it hurts us, you know. We want... We get that from God. We get that from God. God, our Father, Jesus, our brother, wants us to love each other well. And, you know, I, I asked uh, Sarah and some others for some examples of where they saw it, because I wanted this to have flesh and blood uh, examples for us at family camp. And here are some ways that we saw 
um, people loving each other, kind of engaging each other, just kind of this good fellowship time. Uh, David and Jeff, they went to go get water bottles for everyone at the start of camp. Nice. Awesome. Kurt playing soccer with Parker. Uh, Randy bringing all of his games and teaching people for hours, even when he wasn't playing, very patiently. Some issues with the car, he took some time out. Uh, on the zip line, there were a lot of people encouraging each other, like, you can do it, yeah. You know, it's, it was lovely. And uh, multiple instances of people praying for each other, kind of huddling up. Uh, and then here's a wild card, I didn't think of this one. Uh, share fun, people who were not going to camp, weren't able to go to camp, wanted to, some of them donated to help others get to camp. So just, it's happening here, you know, and in small groups, uh, Sunday mornings. Um, so we are called into this. We are invited into this. You, maybe you're on the periphery of this. Maybe you're just kind of outside looking in. I would encourage you to take a step in. It's, it's imperfect. It's messy at times, but it's rich. There's, there's good things here for us. All right, now... When, when God says to us, love each other, that, that word love is pretty squishy and vague, and you, know, you could put a lot of things in that bucket, right? Oh, well, my opinion of love, it looks like this. Well, my opinion looks like this. So Jesus knows this about us, so he gets a little bit more specific. Jesus, John 13, this is a good one to memorize. Uh, a new command I give you. A command, a directive, something to focus you and me in. A new command I give you, love one another. And here it is. As I have loved you. In the way that I love you, in the way that I've modeled for you, in the way that I've shown you, that's how you are to love, with, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must, you must, if you want life, if you want to come into what I have to offer you, you must come into this. Um, you must love one another. And then by this, if we, if we start doing this, you know, a little bit more this week, this month, this year than last year, then people will know that you are my disciples. They will, they will know something about Jesus. We'll, we'll reflect, we'll shine something, we'll display something about God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that rich, amazing fellowship. They will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That should be the mark, man. That should be the mark of you, me, and our fellowship together. You can't do this in isolation, right? Loving takes more than one, right? And so it, and it, it's challenging because love is beautiful. We love it when we get a taste of it, right? And it's also hard, right? And sometimes people aren't willing. And then what do you do? And there's, there's, it's a narrow path that Jesus is calling us on us to live. This, this narrow path of loving each other as he loves us. So don't keep it vague and squishy like, oh, just love each other. No, no, no. You know, some, there's a sign in our elementary school nearby that says, be kind. Which is, it's nice, yes, be kind. But it's so, like, thin compared to what Jesus is calling us into. Jesus is calling us to love each other like he loves us. So we're going to look at that today. Man, how does, how does Jesus love us? Um, and here's, here's number one on this. Um, here's number one on this. The first fill-in is, I'm going to skip ahead. All right, first fill-in is, no, I'm sorry, let me, let me back up. All right, get excited. All right, let's, let's hit John 15, 12, because he, he hits it again. He doesn't want us to miss it. 
and this is kind of even more succinct. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. All right, that's the target. All right, here's your first fill-in. The target, love others the way Jesus loves you. And he has to command this because you and I will drift off this quickly. We'll forget the target. We'll see other targets. There's other shiny targets out there that we'll just kind of start orienting our life around. And we'll forget this big one, this main one. It's the second big command, right? Love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's where it begins. Give him your affections. Draw close to him. And what does he do when he calls us close to him? He says, hey, love each other as I have loved you. And that's going to make your joy complete. That's where you're going to find fullness of life. That's what he's made us for. That's what he's built us for. Close, loving fellowship where we enjoy each other. Isn't that great? It's great. Now, some of us didn't grow up with that. Some of us haven't experienced much of that in our life. We've experienced something else which makes, makes us get protective, like put the shields up, right? You don't know, Wayne, what I've been through, or you don't know, you know what my family's like. And, it, and it, it is rough to have those places where we kind of have to go a little bit armored up because we're going to take some blows. Jesus wants to help you learn how to love people in those hard situations, and he's also calling you and me into a loving fellowship with others who are filled with his spirit, who are convicted by his spirit when we wrong each other, and hopefully we take it the next step and apologize to each other, and we're called into a fellowship where we're learning under Jesus how to love each other. And then we can take those lessons that we experience in small group, um, family camp here, and in our our interactions here as we submit to his word, we can take those out into the world as well. Um, So this is, Jesus is big on this. He wants to teach you and me to love each other like he loves us. Now, nobody here is born doing this well. Anna Liz, as cute as she is, man, Marina, as cute as she is, whew, you know, they, they're kind of a little self-absorbed. <laughs> if they get hungry, look out, you know, which is, you know, it's survival. They, they, now, you know, if you grow up in a loving family, you get some good stuff modeled to you. You pick up some good things along the way, and nobody has a perfect family. We get weird stuff modeled to us as well, dysfunctional, you know, unhealthy ways of relating uh, that don't build love. So what Jesus has done is he's called us into his family, into relationship with him, to learn from him how to genuinely love. All right? And you might be alone in this. You might be the only one in your family that is on this mission with this target. Doesn't matter. Be, dip into the fellowship that we have here and go out and learn to love others around you. All right, so we're going to look at this, how does Jesus love you, so that we can do this, the hows today, all right? The how to do this. Start with number one. Number one, first got to know how Jesus loves you. You're not going to get very far loving others the way Jesus loves you unless you know how Jesus loves you, and you receive that love, right? If he's the model, your parents, imperfect models. Your friends, imperfect models. Your spouse, you know, imperfect models. Jesus is a perfect model. He loves us perfectly, completely. One of the ways it's been described, John, one of his disciples who walked closely with him and saw him 
interact with all kinds of people, hostile people, loving, humble, needy people, high-born, low-born, you know, all these people, different kinds of people. G- John saw Jesus interacting with them, and he summed up Jesus like this. He came full of grace and truth. He came full of tenderness and strength. And typically, most of us grow up with some sort of distortion of that, where either, you know, not much strength, not much truth, not much honesty, um, but maybe a lot of grace, you know, do whatever you want, Um, just don't cause waves. Or the opposite, maybe you grew up in really stern, harsh, kind of, you know, the rules were clear, you'll follow them, but not a lot of tenderness or love or compassion or that soft side of love. Jesus comes full of grace and truth. And he applies it perfectly to every scenario. Sometimes he's strong. And sometimes that, that meter needs to be up. Sometimes he's just like 100% grace over here. So Jesus wants to lead you in that. He calls you to it. Here's the target. He's with you in it. He's with you in every scenario. God, how do I love this person? How do I do this? Call on him. He's right there. He wants to show you that next step, show you the way. He wants to teach us. Uh, so he teaches us through his word. He teaches us through his example um, and by his spirit. And with, with each other. We've got a little lab here to learn it together. All right, so that first one, know how God, Jesus loves you and receive that love. Receive it. Let it in. Let it transform you. That grace and that truth. Let it come in. All right, now, so that's the lead-in. Starts there. Not going to get very far without knowing Jesus' love and what that looks like. Let, let me ask you this. If, if you were to answer, how does Jesus love you? I said truth and grace. Where would you go? Like you're trying to, you're trying, you were like, I really want to look into, well, how does Jesus love me? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? What's that? Scripture. Scripture. All right, yeah. Any, any specific ones come to mind? What's that? John 3.16, the Gospels. Yeah, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Yeah, we're going to look at one similar to that because that is, that is a boom. That's a big one. Yeah, and then there's just the Gospels, the, the record of how Jesus was interacting with people, all kinds of people. You know, how did he respond? What did he say? What did he do? And we have four witnesses. Give us a pretty darn complete picture. You guys think, Mark, where would you go? Called on him. Cold stone. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. That's a good one too, right? How are we called to love each other? Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. That list. It's not about, it's not for me. That's, calling, that's, how we're to call, that's how we're called to love the church, each other. And Jesus models that perfectly. Okay, so there's some places to go if you want to dig into that one a little bit more. You're like, I need to learn that some more. Start there. All right, and then the next thing, when you're like, okay, I'm ready. How's Jesus love me, I want to do that. Let's look at, it turns out we get four whoppers in John 15. So we're going to go there. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is the night before he goes to the cross, the last supper. He's there in this upper room. And uh, we get this extended teaching in John uh, 13 through 17. John 15, listen to what he says to his disciples, to you and me, his brothers and sisters. He says, my command is this, my command we, we read this one already, but my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's the headline. Greater love has no one than this. There's no greater love than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. 
Uh, that's the essence of the, this love that Jesus extends to you and me and then calls you and me to extend to others, laying down our life for our friends. You are my friends if you do what I command, which that's a weird thing to say unless you're God. But you're my friends if you do what I command because he's good and he knows what's best, right? That's, so we got to trust, obey him because, yeah, he is trustworthy. Um, verse 15, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, Jesus draws us closer. I have called you friends. Jesus calls you his friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I, I've shared my business with you. And then more, you did not choose me. God saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. That you might receive this love and go spread it out in the world. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Man, when you're super lined up with Jesus and his will, what you ask for, and be lined up, it's going to happen. And this is my command, in case we missed it. Brackets it. Love one another. Love each other. Whew. Love each other. Okay, let's, let's go in here. There's some highlights here for you. Number one, verse 13. Great love has known this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Usually I don't like pictures of Jesus because they just kind of, I don't know, I like to picture him. But this one really stood out to me. Here's Jesus. I think this is, I don't know what this is from. Uh, I just found it on Google Images. And, um, but it's this neat picture, right? He's got his thorn of, crown of thorns. He's maybe on the way to the cross. He's got blood on him. He's suffered. And he's holding this lamb. Like the tenderness of Jesus. The tenderness of God. Elsewhere, he's a good shepherd. We're the lambs. And uh, he's just caring for it. Even, even though he's just taken these awful blows. And then who did he take these blows for? Us, the lambs. To move us from a place of rebellion and indifference and separated from God to alive in him, new in him, from lost to found. From can't see to now I can see. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus does this first for us. He didn't wait for you. He came he laid down his life for us. So now, number two, how do we love like Jesus loves us? Number two, lay down your life. All right, lay down your life. And this is what it looks like day to day. Your own needs, your own wants, your own agenda, your own resources, your own time for others. Sacrificial love. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I saw an example of this at a family camp. Um, so... Uh, in the morning, there was a job that needed to be done that afternoon during free time, during free play, right? And I didn't want to do it, but I knew that I'd probably need to do it. And I wasn't looking forward to it. I was a little, but I just prayed. I asked God, I said, Lord, I want to, I want to play. <laughs> Can you take care of this? And then it was super cool. At lunchtime, somebody said, hey, I'm going to take care of this. You know, they didn't know my prayer. They didn't know that I was going to do it if he didn't do it. And I was, I was so relieved. It was such a great gift. And then afterward, 
after he did this, I was like, man, this guy laid down his life. He laid down his playtime because this is a guy that would like to play. He laid down his playtime for this other person. And for me, like, it, I felt loved. I felt blessed. Jesus, I was thankful to God for it. It was just a cool moment. Now, I wish I had an example where I laid down life, but that, that was, you know. It's like, there's got to be someone, something somewhere. So... Uh, that was a great example. Just these simple things, right? Am I going to... Yeah, thank you, Becky. I do the dishes sometimes. Yeah. No grumbling at all. <laughs> yes. All right. So that's number one. That's huge. So many things can go under this, right? If you're going to love somebody, you're going to have to learn how to forgive them. That's laying down your life. That's laying down your right to get even, you know? That's saying, Jesus, I'm going to entrust this to you. If there's justice to be gotten, I'll let you do it. I'm not going to hit them over the head with this. I'm going to release them like you released me so that I can keep an open heart, open door. Now, sometimes we have to have boundaries, but I'm open, Jesus. I'm not going to let, keep replaying this thing, right? It's hard. That's laying down our life for each other. Um, lots of examples of this. That first one just... You know, going to the person, being interested in them instead of in your own agenda. You know, and, uh, yeah. What am I going to say? No, oh, hey, why don't you look out, Wayne? What's Paulina thinking these days? You know? All right, might be more interesting than what's going on in your head. All right, so that's number two. Uh, that's number two. Lay down your life for one another. And then let's go back to verse 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I just, it just kind of, it's abrupt. Um, you didn't love me, I loved you. First John 4, 10. So what do we take away here? Don't wait, next fill in, don't wait to be loved. Don't wait to be loved. Love first. Go first. And I know there's many times where I've just been cul-de-sacked, like, um, well, they didn't love me. Well, they, they did this, you know? Well, it's their turn to do, you know, their turn to say sorry, you know? And I, I'll wait for them. Go into a new place. Man, those people weren't very friendly. Were you friendly? You know, don't wait. You, you have been loved by God, the God of the universe. He loves you. Initiate. And that could be a welcome. That could be a, I, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of different things. Seeing a need, addressing it. Um, I thought of, uh, I didn't see this, but I just, you know, somebody, Kurt, maybe going to seeing Parker play in soccer, and he just goes out and plays. He probably wanted to play, but, you know, it's, it's cool. He saw something, and he went in. He didn't wait till Parker invited him, you know. We get to do this. Jesus does it. Jesus did it with you. We get to do this with each other. Don't wait to be loved. Love first. All right. Next one, number four, verse 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. He just does stuff, right? Instead, I've called you friends. God calls you his friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Friends, know your business. Friends, know you. That, that is the mark of a real friendship, right? This person knows me. That's the person I go to and share things with. I share my business with them. 
The good, the bad, the ugly, the, the excitement things, even the funny things that happen. We have some friends, I love this story, came to my mind. Um, I think it was August. We got a call at night in the evening, and it was our friends, and they had gone to a concert, a Rod Stewart concert. Don't ask me why, but they went to go see Rod Stewart. And uh, they went to, it was down in San Jose, and they drove in, and there's like nobody really there. And they're like, wow, we, maybe we have got like VIP parking. Maybe this is the route. So they get there, and there's nobody there. This thing is not happening. Like, Are we in the wrong place? And they look at the ticket more carefully, and it said August 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and they called us and told us about it because they were cracking up. They're able to laugh at themselves. That's a huge gift, right? <laughs> and they told us, and it cracked us up. And, you know, they shared their life. They shared their business, not just the shiny stuff. In Jesus, we don't have to be image managers. We get to be ourselves. The fun, the highs, the lows, we get to share. That's the opportunity. That's the invitation that Jesus gives us. Come in the light as I am in the light, and you have fellowship with one another. Be real. Share what's going on. So that's the fourth fill-in. Become known. Become known. That's what real loving fellowship looks like. You are known. You're not an enigma. You're not like, and for some that's taking risks. I mean, and sometimes people aren't going to handle you well. But you got to keep going. You got to be resilient in this. And again, your resource is Jesus loves you. That's your strength under it. We'll kind of let you down. Sometimes we'll be good and loving, listen well, and just be compassionate, trace truth and grace. Sometimes, eh, you know, we're learning. We're learning together. All right, become known. Then the next one, just flip that around. No others. Number five, no others. No others. Jesus is interested in you. Jesus knows you completely. Jesus initiated relationship with you to know you, to bring you into fellowship. He's, now, am I interested? God's interested in bio. Am I interested in bio? You know, the favorite soccer team, you know, important things like that. That's my first question. You know, am I interested in other people? Do I walk through life just kind of thinking about myself? And it's easy to do. And man, if you are younger than me, a lot of you, get on this fast. Like this is just, this is really, this really opens up some things where you start to be interested in others especially the quiet ones. Man, those quiet ones, they are some of the most amazing, interesting, lovely people. And they just need to be drawn out a little bit. Ask them a question. Is that true? Like anybody else? Like, all right, us talkers? Yeah, you know. All right, give someone else a chance, right? Um, so that's, that's another part of this. Some of us are talkers. And, you know, we get this in small group. We get this on Sundays. We get this. Man, if, if you... If you find yourself talking a lot, just pull it back. Give other people room. I have to keep remembering. Give other people room to share. And some people will not share unless you ask them a question. So that takes us back to our mixer. Have some good questions. Be curious. Be curious about each other. Like, hey, where'd you get that? That's really cool. I've never seen that before. Or what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do this week? What was the highlight of this week? That sort of thing. Be engaging. Draw people out. And again, this is what God's created us for. And it can get sucked out by busyness, 
I don't really feel like that. That's a lot of energy, Lord. I'm just going to zone out and, you know, scroll. This is easier, but it's pretty thin sauce, man. God has called us into rich, robust fellowship with himself and each other. That's the opportunity. So, first thing I want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, I'm ringing that bell. Get in a small group. It's a great place where you can share with each other. Those are the people I know best at OTC. Friday Nuns Lunch Group, that was hilarious. It was funny. It was, it was just fun hearing other people share and being close to each other. And it's hard to get there. You know, it's in the middle of the day. Things come up. Uh, Wednesday Bibles, you know, there's, there's plenty of options for you. And if you live in Winslow, no, not Winslow. Windsor, it's a bit of a hike. But Eugene was at small group the other day, like a couple weeks ago. I was like, that's crazy. It's awesome. Come when you can. And don't worry about, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't here. You don't have to apologize, just come. And when people come, you haven't seen them for a while, don't be like, where you been? <laughs> right? Say, great to see you, you know? This isn't like, you should be here. Let's not be tormentors. Let's be light and life and salt to each other. All right, um, let's do this real quick. Why don't you stand up and uh, find two other people and just share with them what's something you feel like, okay, God's challenging me to grow for my good, for the good of others, challenging me to grow in this little area about loving others. Here's a little something I'm taking away. So stand up, uh, and then we'll go into this last song when it's time. Just find two others.